Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. No matter how big your house is, a one-bedroom shack or a multi-million dollar mansion, if your foundation is weak, if your foundation is poor, eventually your house is going to come crumbling down. And that's really the crux of what's wrong with the United States of America. Our foundation is built on a lot. And little by little, the house is starting to fall down. More people's eyes are being opened to the lie. The brainwashing that has been happening over centuries is finally, people are starting to see the light. They're starting to see the real. The real United States of America. And you may be asking yourself, Rob, well, what is the lie? What is the foundation why is it so weak? Why is it shaky? Why are people starting to realize that we aren't as good of a country as we pretend to be? Well, it's simple. Think to yourself when you're back in elementary school and in high school. What are the pillars that they teach of the United States of America? The first thing that they talk about, stars and stripes, freedom. Right? Statue of Liberty. Liberty. You know, the National Anthem. Home of the free. Home of the free land of the brave. The Pledge of Allegiance. Allegiance to the flag. Independence. It's all about independence and freedom and liberty and allegiance and All of these beacons of what you would consider a free society. But let's think about that for a minute. Is any of this true? It's not. And it's not like you have to go deep into the archives. You don't have to find any type of secret type of papers. You know, you don't have to be Lord Croft Tomb Raider to find this information. The information is right there in front of your face. Well, you know what they say about the devil, right? The, the greatest thing the devil ever did was making people think that he doesn't exist. The greatest thing that the United States of America ever did was make people think that it was a country that was based off freedom and liberty and justice. You know, innocent before proven guilty. All of these beacons of America, they're all false. Start with your foundation. You can't have a country that slogan and motto is freedom when the country is built by slaves. Like, just right off the bat, we're off to a bad start. 
it, it's like saying that you don't believe in porn, but you have a subscription to bang bros. You know, it's just not right. I mean, furthermore, the brainwashing is so deep. We have kids thinking Christopher Columbus discovered America. There's already people here. The Indians. We, you know what we did to them. We, we, America is so bold that we slaughtered the Indians, right? Took their land, took over the country, and then made a holiday about it. Where we mocked them with our turkey and our hats and, you know, all of that stuff. That's how bold we are. And don't get me wrong, I like Thanksgiving. I like the turkey just like anybody else. But if you really start, just think about it. Just logically, like I said, you don't have to be Lord Croft Tomb Raider. We took their country, lied and said that we found it first, slaughtered them, gave them all these diseases. They were living happily before we got here. And then we make a, a holiday about it, mocking them. After we pushed them off their land. This is the United States of America. So, the foundation is weak. A lot of you have kids. I don't know how you can have a kid see what happened to those those children and think to yourself, you know what the solution is? More guns. <laughs> like, just as a human, it lets you know that we're a trash society. Because any normal human would say, these are, these are children. And the guy that killed him was 18 years old. He doesn't need an AR-15. Nobody needs an AR-15. I mean, common sense tells you that weapons or guns are used for protection, right? Well, if somebody breaks into your house, you can't use 35 guns at the same time. I mean, that's just, that's, are we just being honest? You can't use 17 assault rifles at the same time if somebody breaks into your house. I have no problems with people that say they need a gun for protection, um, to protect their family, to protect their household. There are a lot of evil people in the world. But there shouldn't be a subway with 13, you know, full Call of Duty gear and five machine guns ordering a turkey sandwich. Like, it, it, that makes no sense. I, I saw a thread today and it was all these families and people with multiple guns and all of this stuff. They're all white. <laughs> let's, let's just be honest. They're all white. Our foundation is bad. You know, as early as 60 years ago, we had segregation. Some of your grandparents probably are 60, 70 years old. They were born like in the 40s and 50s. When they were teenagers, they had to worry about dogs coming after them, being hung. This is the United States of America, right? Freedom. Freedom. The anthem. That's 2022. Same thing happened. It's just people are, their eyes are open now. I saw Joe Biden, and I don't want to get too much into the politics because that's a whole nother, whole nother show. But I saw Joe Biden, he, uh, he got on Twitter and he said, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, so if I'm wrong, it was, just know it was a lot of money. But he's like, oh man, you know, we've given 
$30 billion to the Ukraine to fight that war. $30 billion to fight their war. Had nothing to do with us, their war against Russia. And I'm thinking to myself, but you ask them about student loan debt or debt, homelessness, just you know, giving poor people a break. Now all of a sudden we don't have no money. How you got $30 billion to give to another country when if you got $30 billion to give to another country, you shouldn't have homelessness in your country. You know what I mean? That just shouldn't happen. If you got $30 billion, why are people paying for like going to debt because of health care? Why are people going to debt because they want to get an education? And it's not even, a, this, and the gun stuff is not even a debatable issue. Doesn't happen anywhere else. It's as simple as that. So there's nothing that no one can say on the other side to justify stricter gun laws because it just doesn't happen anywhere else. You can't say that it won't work because it works everywhere else. They just want the money. They're greedy. We've talked about this before. And I don't know if it's on the last podcast or what, you know, the system is set up to keep people rich, richer, and make people poor stay poor, as opposed to a truly liberty and justice society would be you would want to pull the, the rich would help pull the poor people up and it'd be a big, healthy, like middle class. Like there's really the middle class is a fallacy in America. It's rich and poor, really. It's rich and I'm struggling. <laughs> you know. I well let me rephrase that. It's it's doing a lot, doing okay, and then wealthy, and then poor. And if a grown man, a politician, can't detach himself from his pockets and getting money from the NRA and all of that stuff after 18 kids, 19 kids are killed. I mean, what do you, how do you ever expect them to do it? They never will. If and it, here's the thing, this is not the first like school shooting with children. We had Sandy Hook like 10 was it, 10 15 years ago, right? So it's not it's not new. It's not new. They don't care. Their kids are protected. These are just normal, average, everyday kids. Just see their parents and just going through life, trying to make it day by day. And they know, and they have to look and see that their politicians don't care. They don't care. They care more about taking books out of classrooms that show what the history of the country really is than this. It's insane. A terrible foundation. We're a terrible country. We're, we're not the beacon that we're violent, we're mean to each other, everybody hates everybody, our social media is trash. If you, you know, you want to, what I've learned, and you know, it's just a piece of advice, is that you really have to make that circle that you have really small. Because if not, the bigger it gets is like, I see people... And I used to be one of these, I see these people arguing every day on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, whatever. Every day. Every day is a discussion. 
Every day somebody's mad. Everybody, somebody's angry. Somebody got to get exposed. Somebody got to get canceled. Everything's a think piece. It's exhausting. You can't actually live your life. You can't have any happiness. It's hard. And here's the it's hard. It's hard to be happy living in a trash society. And if you're black or a minority, it's doubly hard. It's doubly hard. See, white people just don't care about kids getting murdered. Then you have people like Luke. And like I said, I don't want to get too too into the politics. You know, so why why do we vote? Well, that's exactly what they want. That's exactly, you're feeding right into their hands. See, that's the key. Why are there no, you know, black coaches in the NFL? Because all the owners are white. The people who have the power want to keep the power. If you don't put people in power that care about other things, it's just a status quo. Now, the problem is, where are those people? <laughs> but just leaving the racist people in power is not an answer. That doesn't make it get better because no matter if you, the way the system is set up, the system is set up to keep poor people down. The justice system, the judges, the DAs, the police... Those are all elected officials. It's not just the president and the vice president and all of that stuff. On a local level, your local neighborhood, who's your who's your sheriff? You know, who'd you vote in the sheriff? Who's your district judges? Who's your comptroller? Who are your, your people in the, the junior senate? Locally. You don't know. Those are the people that are making your decisions for you. Terrible country. Um... It's hard to even talk about it in a sense. Foundation has been riding from the beginning. You're paranoid. You can't do anything without being paranoid. You saw that you know people running out the Barclays Center because I think a motorcycle got the, the engine, the muffler, whatever got backed up. A paranoid society where you can't go anywhere without thinking you might get shot. By anybody. Mass shooter, random shooter, kid, adult, woman, man, don't matter. And stuff that should be like normal stuff, like going to the movies or going to church or going to Target or going to school, not in America. People in Switzerland, you know, they go to church, they're like, that's fine. I'm going to probably leave church okay. Not us. Can't even go to the gas station. You gotta have your head on a swivel. You gotta head your head on a swivel. People sitting outside eating lunch, they'll snatch your watch. It's a violent, terrible country that's super divided. And I remember I remember when I was in my twenties. When I was in my twenties, like and around the time that, you know, Barack became president, I remember thinking, man, you know. When, when my daughter, my oldest, you know, graduates from, from you know high school, which she did, congratulations to her, things would be much different. I did not. And now I have my little one, who's, you know, at the end of the year is going to be two. So in a couple of years being in kindergarten, and I'm like, man, uh, that's scary. <laughs> 
That's pretty scary. Shouldn't be scared to put your kid in kindergarten. But yeah. It's just... Don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. What in the blue hell? Just want to send a shout out to the golf ball that hit Sage Steele. Shout out to you, golf ball. I know you came from my ancestors. Oh, she was being so dramatic. She had to go to the hospital and the dentist. It wasn't that bad. I talked to some people that was there. It wasn't as bad. She's so dramatic. But that's what you expect out of a white woman. She was, you know, oh, excuse me, mixed. Biracial. My bad. My bad. Um, Deshaun Watson. Um, getting a little more information. Uh, had a couple of uh, his massage ladies um, on uh, HBO Real Sports. I uh, find it that the most I've been waiting on somebody to ask this question of Deshaun Watson or his team of lawyers or whatever, and they finally did. Um, they asked uh, his lawyer, like his whole point is, you know, he went, he just was there to get massages, you know, just to get a little massage, and you know, how did that, you know, end up with the girl's mouth on his, you know, private parts? <laughs> and um, the lady said that the 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 lawyer was that. He did go in just for a massage, and while he was there, the he said three three of the massage therapists, he acknowledges, um, you know, basically offered themselves up to him, and you know he just accepted. You know he was being polite and and decided not to to turn them down. That's and and that's that's how that went. Now you know he had a girlfriend. Um, um, Jillianis, but you know, I mean, who 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 is Deshaun Watson to you know turn down a you know I guess a blowjob um, that's being offered you know to him? I think the interesting thing about his cases, and I've talked to several lawyers and and other people about his cases and things of that nature. Is the, the reason, well, it was two reasons he wasn't criminally charged. And you really need to understand this this specifically, right? And because you always hear the the example that a prosecutor can, um, you know, get a grand jury grand jury to indict a ham sandwich, and so you know the fact that they didn't uh, indict him made people really think that you know there must not have been much to it. Well, that is true, but you also have to understand that a DA pretty much can dictate if a grand jury indicts or not and the example that I always give people is the, the cop that shot uh, Mike Brown uh, it was clear that he had murdered uh, Mike Brown but the DA was at the time in St. Louis uh, was so pro-cop that he did everything in his power with with the grand jury to basically put on a defense uh, for for the, the cop Darren something I forgot what his name is and so it can go both ways. Now, I'm not saying that the DA did that in Deshaun Watson's case. I'm just saying that a DA has to really want an indictment. And if he wants, he can actually sway it, you know, a different way. But really the second and maybe most important thing on every single case um, or every single lawsuit, none of the women have accused Watson of doing things with force. Now that's a 
that's a very tricky and fine line type of situation. So, you know, I'm not saying anybody's lying or telling the truth. I'm just trying to explain to you why it's it's tricky. You know, with force, in essence, especially with criminal charges, is you have to make someone do something against their will, you know. You have to force them, you know, to do it. And when there's a difference between, you know, force and implying or or persuading or, you know, that type of situation. So it's like this. Let's say you're on the street, right? And somebody runs up on you, right? Gets up in your face and says, hey, give me $5, okay? And you think that this person could be causing harm to you. So you just think the better of it and just give them the $5, right? That's different than somebody runs up on you with a knife and says, give me $5. Am I making sense what I'm saying? Your belief of your fear that something may happen is different than the actual someone is threatening you. And that's really the crux of the Deshaun Watson situation is that all of the situations probably happen in some shape, form, or fashion how they're being put out there, right? Him with the little towel, him getting, you know, erect, him, you know, humping the air. And all, all that stuff probably happened, right? But the problem that the accusers are having, especially when it came to the criminal side, is did he ever take that next step? Did he lock a door? Did he grab you? Did he force you to, you know your head down there did he force your hand on him when if you said that's enough did he continue on you know if you said i'm done did he leave you know like did he force you to stay somewhere against your will you know all of that stuff and none of that really happened you know i've told people from the beginning i know exactly what happened the man is a, is a is a he has a fetish for whatever reason maybe it's how he gets his rocks off um and this is how he cheats. You know, he doesn't cheat in the traditional way. He cheats by finding massage therapists. And he pushes it to see how far uh, some of them would go. And some of them went all the way and probably was cool with it because he was a quarterback. Some of them wasn't cool with it um, and, and let them know. Others, you know, were offended by it and let them know. And it's just he that next step, I guess, is what the... And even when they're telling their stories, it's always like, how'd you feel? Well, I felt like this. And afterwards, I felt like that. He made a veiled threat, but not like a real threat. And if you're the NFL, that's what you're kind of dealing with as well. Also, people like... I think that's why people aren't, I would say fans, aren't as incredulous against it as they are, say, you know, when someone is accused of assault. Um, I think they feel like this is massage therapy. No one was forced to do anything. And they're kind of iffy, you know, on it. Obviously, the Browns don't care at all because they gave them 230 
million dollars. Um, so as far as what punishment, I'm hearing that, you know, I'm hearing that this might get kicked all the way to 2023 because what the, here's what the NFL doesn't want. They don't want to punish Deshaun Watson too harshly. And then he ends up winning all of the cases. Not saying he would, I'm just saying that he would. Most of the time, these cases are settled. And it allows, because settling, you know, it's not saying you're innocent or you're guilty, but it's making it go away. And it gives the NFL out to do their own type of punishment. But he's steadfastly saying he hasn't done anything wrong, that he's innocent. And we deal with innocent and to prove him guilty. He hasn't been criminally charged. Yeah, that's a, that's a fine line that they're dealing with. So I would, don't be shocked if you don't hear anything about Deshaun Watson punishment or not punishment um, until after all of his trials are over. The Injustice League. Someone asked me how in the blue hell, a different segment, um, is Herschel Walker potentially going to make it to the Senate? Someone that obviously has CTE, that's incoherent half the time, um, that potentially tried to murder his uh, ex-girlfriend or ex-wife. You know, it was a terrible person. <laughs> you know, how is it even possible that he could be close uh, to winning? And this is how I explained it to him. Very simple. Uh, it's like the Manchurian Candidate. You ever seen that movie? I think it's Denzel Washington. It's he's the candidate, but he's not running things. You see what I'm saying? He's he's basically a pawn. There's big white money, Republican money behind him. And the reason why he's a good pawn is because he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, so he's easy to control. And secondly, I don't know if you noticed this, but happens a lot in media. But also have a, a lot in politics. If you can find a black candidate that talks bad about black people and that can push the racist agenda, oh man, that's perfect. They love that. They love that. Because, you know, Herschel Walker can say all the things that they can't say out loud, at least. But he's just a pawn. And they're that big game. It's just like, you know, Jason Whitlock. That's just a pawn. Black guy that talks about black people. Ah, oh, no, they love that. They love that. I tell my brother Stephen A. Smith, like, I don't know if Stephen A. is a pawn. I know some people have strong feelings one way or the other. You know, my thing with Stephen A. Smith is, I don't necessarily think he's a pawn as opposed to, like, someone's controlling him. But I think sometimes he doesn't understand how much power he has. Or he does and doesn't care. Like, there are times that you can have a belief about your black brothers and black sisters, and it doesn't necessarily go uh, with, let's say, the flow. It's a, it's a belief that makes them look bad. But when you got power, you got to be real careful in how you say that, if you say it at all. I think the best way to explain it for someone like Stephen A is if you got beef with an individual, black individual, you got to be real careful when you got that power 
that you use that beef and you go on TV and you say certain things not realizing that the racist people, the MAGA people are going to use that beef to help build up their point. You know, use you as a as a pawn. Like Stephen A has beef with Kyrie, right? He has beef with Kaepernick, right? But he's thinking individually. He's not thinking about how when he says these certain things, the other side uses those quotes. Say, see, there's a black man saying that Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have a job. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta think about those certain things. You gotta determine if some of these things are worth it. Now, obviously it's worth it to his pockets, but in general, you gotta decide if it's really worth it. Like, I don't wanna say no names, because then you'd probably be able to figure it out. But like, there's certain athletes you know certain things about in media, and I would say black media, keep those things to yourself because that person needs to stay on that pedestal. He needs to stay on that pedestal. He needs to stay above everything. So you keep some of those things to yourself. You don't put out everything that you know, even if you got beef with that person. If you got beef with it, I, I get information all the time, but sometimes you got to bite the bullet because you don't want to give the other side the ammunition. You got to bite the bullet. There's things that I know about some black people in media. I won't say it would like destroy their career, but it would make them people look at them in a different light. But if I know those people are helping other black people within media, within the community, you got to bite that bullet, even if you got beef with them. See, that's the thing. Like, at some point, Whitlock was like, I'm not biting the bullet no more. I'm going to say everything that I feel about black people when it's mostly bad. Now, he could be upset because he has to, he's had to pay for pussy for, you know, 30 years. I mean, that could be it. You know, maybe that's what makes him angry. I don't know. Maybe that's what makes him feel the way that he feels. It's hard to say. You know, some do it for money. It's just straight cash. It's, it's, it's a lot of money involved in bashing black people. And here's the thing. We all have a line. You know, we all have, you know, we all have to live. You know, the mortgage not going to pay for itself. So you, 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 you all are skirting around certain lines to make sure the check is right. Right? I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Certain checks are bigger if you do certain things. So we all, we all looking at ourselves in the mirror every day seeing how far we could take it, where we should take it, when we shouldn't. And you have to live with that. But yeah, that's that's why Herschel Walker, yeah, man, that's easy. I think Herschel Walker really going to be running stuff. Like Trump. The only thing about Trump is they found out they couldn't control him. See, he's, he's an idiot that actually thinks he's smart. 
say, dang, we thought we thought we'd get them in here, we get all these voters in, and you know, we'd just manipulate them into doing what we were. He, he, nah, he wasn't having it, so they hate him too. But someone as dumb as Herschel Walker, oh man, he's just there to put you know their policies in place. They just needed a black man to go up against another black man. That's all that was. That's all that was. He's a puppet. Go watch the maturity candidate. You'll see. He's a puppet. It's sad. It's a lot of puppets out here. A lot of strings of being, you know, controlled. You can tell. Pay attention. Like I said, with some of the media people, it's like, I'd say you got beef. You're not necessarily shucking and jiving all the time, but you're letting your beef, you know, blind you. And then your beef blinds you, and then, you know, your, your stuff gets co-opted by the wrong side. That's all you got to know. Like, if you, if you, if you want to know if you're on the, if you shouldn't have said it, look at your replies. Look at who's co-signing. If, if you look at who co-signing, you'll always know if you're on the right side or not. Even if you got beef with the person. If you got beef with the person and you thought you came up with the greatest take of all time on them, and everybody that you see co-signing, you got those Blue Lives Matter flags, and, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting there, and they got the Ray-Bans on, then <laughs> you know that you, you've been done wrong. You should have maybe kept that one in your pocket. It's as simple as that. Energy. It should be noted that I have covered six NBA finals, and all six of them have had the Golden State Warriors um, in them. So I do not know if I am the lucky charm or not. <laughs> uh, but uh, once again, blessed to cover the Western. Uh, side of the NBA Finals. Uh, Daniel Bell, you know, our guy that does all the um, NBA Draft, the NBA Combine, All-Star Game, covers the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, full-time. He will be in, uh, in Boston uh, doing the uh, Eastern uh, Conference uh, game. So I'm, I'm getting a little too old to do all that traveling uh, cross-country. But Daniel's done such a, a good job uh, for us on the NBA coverage uh, for several years now, at least three, four years now. Um, definitely want to give him the opportunity and some of that shine uh, to cover his first um, NBA Finals. So we're going to split coverage uh, with that. And hey, it saves a little bit of cash. That's not front. We still dollars out here. Um, I want to speak on, though, uh, Steph Curry. First off, if the Warriors win, Steph Curry has already won the Finals MVP. As long as he shows up, that's a guarantee. I he he could average ten and ten, average ten five and two. If he shows up and they win, he's gonna win the NBA Finals uh, MVP. I do think it's interesting that Kevin Durant left um, the Warriors, Kyrie left the Celtics, and now they're both playing in the NBA Finals after KD and. Kyrie got swept from look I, I don't pretend to get into the heads of, of, of these athletes uh, 
and I'm a big proponent of if it's if you're a free agent that um, you 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 know you're free to do whatever you like to do. Um, meaning that you know if you if you want to go sign with the Nets, if you want to do whatever that I mean you're free. That's your you know that's 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 the definition of free. So I I've never gotten on Kevin Durant about doing anything about signing with the Warriors, about leaving the Warriors. Once you fulfill your contract, you can go. Um, but you do have to wonder a little bit if he thinks about maybe he should have made a different decision. Maybe not. I mean, he's super rich. Got a lot of investments. Does a lot of stuff off the court. He has two rings. He has two finals. You know, MVPs. He has a MVP. Uh, so maybe he doesn't care, you know. I think sometimes fans, you know, we think players care about certain things more than they actually do. I mean, it's not like he's ringless. It's not like he's broke. I mean, he's, I mean, he might be fine. I mean, he's probably out on the, the Riviera somewhere, you know, in Santa Monica. Not Santa Monica. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's in Santa Monica. I wanted to say something else, but now I can't. Let's just say Costa Rica. But then again, maybe he also was like, man, maybe I, I made the wrong move. I mean, personally, I thought he made the wrong move. I thought if he stayed, they would win with him. Potentially, they would win. They had already won two. I felt they could have won anywhere between two and four more rings if he if he stayed with them. Just think about it. Just think about him on the team right now. No offense to Andrew Wiggins or anything. It, but if he's on the team, I mean, they would sweep the Celtics. I mean, the team that the, the, the Warriors have now is good enough to beat pretty much anybody in the NBA, but they all work for it. It's not like just predetermined. Like, I think they're going to win because of home court, the experience, they're healthy, right? The healthiest that they're going to be. But it wouldn't surprise me if they lost. Now, if they had Kevin Durant, I would be surprised if they lost. <laughs> I would be surprised. But as far as legacy, uh, this is great for Steph, uh, Clay, Draymond. Uh, win or lose, I think. It, it you know shows that they can still play at a championship level. They played at a championship level when they didn't have KD. They played at a championship level when they did have uh, uh, KD um, before and after so that kind of speaks to them as individuals speaks to Steve Kerr as a coach um, they're not even like they don't even like I mean they had the second pick in the draft and they picked Wiseman and he hasn't really even played that much they could have had Alonzo excuse me LaMelo Ball um, so all things considered um I think I, I told somebody this the other day that if I Steph Curry, I just retired. <laughs> if I won a championship, got my finals MVP, I mean, what more is there to play for? I mean, you're a two-time MVP. You'll be a four-time NBA champion. You're proven that you can, even at an event of 30, 33, 34 years old, um, you can be the centerpiece of a team that won a championship. You were the centerpiece at the beginning, centerpiece at the end, all-time three-point leader. I mean, what else is there to play for? 
What does that stand to prove? I mean, I'm I'm not saying that he should retire if he wants to play. I'm just saying, in my mind, his his status is going to be locked in if he wins. Like wherever you're going to have him, that's where he's going to be, regardless if he plays another, you know, five years, two years, ten years. Assume, like, assuming he doesn't win another chance, because, of course, the more you win, I mean, they, like, went back-to-back that would enhance him. But let's just assume this was his, you know, because just the way, just looking at the NBA, um, I think this probably is their last shot. I could be wrong. I mean, a lot of people thought they wouldn't have this shot. But it's going to be, it's tough. It's going to be tough. They got young teams coming up. Uh, they got older teams getting their stars back. This is... You know, I'm not saying they can't ever win again. I'm just saying that this is the shot that you want to take. You want to get it done. Not that he should retire. I mean, granted, maybe he doesn't want to hang out with Aisha Curry. You know, forever. You know, remember Tom Brady was home for two months. He's like, nah, that could be Steph. He might play for another ten years. He didn't play for another ten years. Uh, before I get out of here, uh, I think I should clarify something. Something that I think people, well, I think most of you guys understand, but you know, maybe some people don't. Maybe some people do and they just want to be haters. You know, when I talk about the milk yacht, you know, I'm not making judgment. I'm not judging. I'm not judging you for being a milkman or a milk woman. I'm, I'm just calling it the, that is the milk yacht. It's not racist. Here's, you, you ever want to know if something is racist or not? Here's how you know if something's racist or not, right? Um, just walk up to anybody and say something to them. If you said milk yacht, they may look at you curiously, but they're not going to say racist. You say chocolate. <laughs> you say cracker. You just say random stuff. Nobody's going to say that's racist. Now, if you say the N-word or like the C-word or all that stuff, yeah, yeah. Milk nice. I mean, look, if you want to, you know, I've said this from the beginning. You want to be a milkman, that's fine. As long as you don't disrespect the the sisters, that's fine. I have no issues with that. It's a premium milk out there. I get you. I understand. As long as you're not disrespecting. I saw Dr. Umar and Shannon Sharp getting into it over snow bunnies. Do I find it kind of curious if a black guy just never even tried out a, a black girl? I mean, that's a little that's a little strange. That's a little strange. I mean, you should be proud of maybe 31 flavors. But, like, I will, I'll I'll be just curious. Like, if you, like, from high school to whatever, and you dated 30 women, they all white. Like, just, you know, why? I mean, if it, is it just a preference or your environment or, you know, why don't you mix it up a little bit? Maybe throw in a Cuban or something. Hmm. Yes, yeah, like, Kayla Nicole is upset because, you know, she, she, Went off on Cam Newton because Cam Newton said he was losing recipes and women don't cook no more. She don't cook. She just take Instagram photos. And then Travis Kelsey, um, Bearded Milk, uh, dropped her. Now she's single and dropping thirst traps every day. You men, men are going to... Let me let me explain something to you guys. Um, if you wonder why <laughs> all these women that post this stuff every day and get 40,000 likes and all of this. Why they're all single? 
It was twofold. First off, the guys that are thirsting over them in the comments, they don't want. So that that's the first thing. It's not like they don't have options. Is that they don't want those guys. The guys is you know, every pick and liking. They don't want those guys. You know, that's you know that's just the way it is. Secondly, the guys that they do want have normally thousands of those type of girls wanting them every day. So they're, you know, they're numb to it. I remember like <laughs> one time, <laughs> this is true, one time they, it was like a list, you know, on Instagram. And I swear every one of those, like you just went through the list, they all of like they had the same face. They all had the Kardashian face. It's like, this is like an assembly line. The YG model. Like, you're not bringing anything to the table. It's a reason that you see these guys get married and they get married to, to girls that look like Brittany Matthews, like Patrick Mahomes' wife. Like, not, I mean, yeah, she's ugly, but still, it's like, there's a reason that's who they marry. Like, the wives always look different than the mistresses. It's a reason for that. It's okay. They really got on cam for that. And I don't know. I, I talked about it for them. It's, it's okay to to say that, you know, you want your lady to cook. Long, I mean, as long as you're doing as long as it's not like you want them to do everything. But I'm just saying, it's nothing wrong with that. We're losing recipes. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter, BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, YouTube, and Big shout out to ABF Creative for having put this podcast together.